What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Veil. Today, I got a pretty awesome guest. All the way from uh, Heartland Harbor, we've got Jesse Dore. How are you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I can't complain. I've been doing a lot of running around today, yesterday, and pretty much a whole week now. Uh, so I'm trying to fit everything into the schedule, make everything fit uh, in this weird puzzle that we call life. Yeah, it's crazy times. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So Jesse, would you like to give a formal introduction of yourself? Well, as you mentioned, I'm Jesse Doyle from Heartland Harbor. I originally come from Georgia, and Heartland Harbor is what we call our little homestead here in northern Indiana. Um, we seem to have some little people interesting things and some spirits up in the woods by the river. I think most of it's pretty natural and uh not too related to human trauma and we got berries and apples and uh, peaches and pears and plums and I hope everyone comes out here and sees us and visits our little people and visits us and yeah we were trying to kind of make it go without Uncle Sam being all on our backs you know yeah absolutely absolutely I think it's very important to to be able to um, you know pick from the land, right? Obviously not pick too much from the land, but, uh, you know, whatever you can produce from the land, you know, uh, planting your own crops, planting your own, your own food, being able to hunt your own game, pretty much survivalist lifestyle. I think it's important. Yeah. We don't ever want to find ourselves, um, dependent on people who don't care about us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so Jesse, how's your morning going? Oh, pretty good. I just get up and play with my daughter a little bit and, and send her off to school. And and I got an hour or two to get ready myself before I go to work. Nice. Go out nice. and take care of the yard and pick the berries and pick up all the walnuts and just take care of things. Very nice. Very nice. What 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 are some of some of your favorite hobbies to to do on your on your time when you're not uh you're not super engaged with work? Oh, I practice some uh tai chi and yoga just to stay in shape and keep flexible but for the for the weight part of the exercise i got plenty of work to do around here yeah yeah that's that's an absolute uh chore in, or work in its own you know it's a, a full body workout at that point yeah i mean hey i'm and i'm 40 so eight hours on the shovel doesn't go as easy as it used to <laughs> nope definitely not i can agree with that i can agree with that so uh, Jesse, let's get into some some of these things. Uh, you came to me and you said, I want to share my story. I haven't really shared it before. Um, so we're going to dive into it. When was the first time that you started noticing uh, paranormal activity or you started believing in it? I suppose I always had a fascination. I was always kind of raised around it. Um, I mean, it wasn't even an unusual thing to most of the people I was raised around. They were backwoods country and these were just folk traditions to them but nonetheless i mean they when a cloud passed over the moon on a certain night you'd see a face in it reliably when uh there was an old rope they used to leave hanging from the tree across the street and i asked why because they were like because somebody was hung there and you never take the rope down um it was just a, it was just a weird place to grow up um i got a great one my um step grandmother she used to go out every day and she'd pick these tacks up out of the driveway we asked her why 
her mother-in-law had thrown down the tax back when the revenuers came to town and last turn of the century. And she said, you know, if anyone pulls into this driveway, that's not related to us, they'll get a flat tire. So for 90 years, she's going out there picking up these tacks. We pulled into the driveway every day, never had a flat tire. We had to warn other people, don't pull into the driveway. After my mom divorced my stepdad, we forgot. We pulled into the driveway, two flat tires. Oh, geez. Oh, my God. Wow. That's, that's wild. Some of these... Some of these traditions uh, and practices that are done in some of the more obscure locations, once you step out in a society, you look and you're like, that's not normal. Is that something that you like that you ended up that ended up happening to you? Like you stepped out out into society and you're like, well, okay, that's 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 abnormal. For sure. And I've never been one to pick up on when I should be doubting myself and not just running my mouth and people will be having a conversation. I'll be like, Oh, you need to get rid of that wart. You rub a penny on it. You throw it behind your back. You never look in that direction again. I think I'm giving people useless advice, useful advice, but um, yeah. And sometimes they look at you a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can understand. I, myself, I come from backwoods uh, here in Maryland, uh, civil war territory. You grew up in, and I'm pretty sure Civil War territory as well. Yeah. So some of those old traditions that that started way back when are still carried and sometimes altered um, and sometimes changed. Um, what what do you find the most odd from from that period in your life? Like, you know, you look back and you're like, oh, man, that was really weird. Well, the thing that springs to mind, I really can't talk about. But they uh, are I mean, they were most of them were really good people, practically saintly people, people that just talked about how they didn't mind living in the woods because their home was on the other side. And they taught me all about medicine plants and just, and just living in harmony with nature. And when I was young and in my twenties, and I kind of wished my parents had provided me with a more traditional, a more um, normal upbringing for our century. But now I'm really glad I went through all that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and and that's kind of that's the kind of thing when when I transitioned from, you know, where I lived in this small community, like it was a community of maybe 10 families. Um, and I transitioned out of that. I had a hard time actually with that transition adjusting to to life outside of that. I went from backwoods, Maryland to big city, Pennsylvania, and it was a culture shock. Is that something you went through? Oh, for sure. Somebody will do some minor insult to you at work and laugh about it. And and you're like, hey, where I come from, I'd be putting you in a hole right now, but I'm going to have to just chill. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. We we got We got to keep it. got to keep it calm around here. Yeah. Um, so were there any like odd coincidences like you see a spirit or or uh, or you feel an energy transfer? Uh, in that area when you were younger? I'm not sure I understand the question. Okay. So um, the the community that you grew up in, did they believe in like the supernatural and the paranormal and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. If you had told Granny that what she was doing was witchcraft, she would have kicked you out of her house because she was a strong Christian. But there's no doubt that, you know, some of it bordered on that. It sure wasn't coming out. You know, it came more from her Native American traditions than it did from the Bible. But, you know, 
Paul didn't have a problem with that, you know. Um, when he went and spoke to the Greeks, he spoke to them in Greek, you know. I believe it was Paul. It's it's you can't you can't expect people to come all the way in one lifetime. She starts where she starts. I start where I start. We make it as far as we can, and then we uh, and then we die. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I agree with that. So you move out. You move out of out of the community that you're in, and you start. Um, transitioning in some of the more contemporary lifestyles uh, outside of that. What is that like for you? Like the transition and stuff like that? Oh, um, well, I started as a, uh, I, I, I was there as an intellectual and then I left there as an intellectual and went into college and studied um, all the things that college students study from the humanities and comparative religions to um, to chemistry and physics and spent good seven years there studying absolutely everything and getting no useful degree. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and it is all related. Everything that you learn from the metaphysics is being substantiated in the real physics now, now that we're getting down to the quantum mechanics level. And same thing for religion. There's never been a contradiction in truth 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 is truth and if we're seeing contradictions then we're misunderstanding something <laughs> yeah definitely i i i have this common belief that religion and science back each other up whether they choose to accept it or not they back each other up you know and there's there's evidential proof that events in the bible happened through science right and then and through archaeology and stuff like that um, these are smart people that run religion and run science and run politics and all these other things. I am beginning to suspect that everyone out there knows they're telling a deliberate half truth to keep them in battle with the guy who's telling the other half of the truth just so that they can keep their cushy jobs. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can definitely agree with that. Uh, you mentioned, you mentioned when we were, when we started talking about, uh, you coming on, you, you were talking about different levels of reality and different levels of uh, dimensions. What are some of those things that you can talk about that you feel comfortable talking about? Oh, sure. I'd be glad to answer any questions about that. I'm, um, I've always been, I mean, some people just say heads in the cloud, head in the clouds, but you know, some people are just kind of living with another foot, one foot on the other side. They're just not quite fully engaged on this side. And, and it comes with its upsides and downsides. Sometimes the past and the future don't appear so delineated to me. I mean, I, my grandmother, who was a really strong Christian woman who didn't believe in anything that was outside of you know her church and her small community she didn't know anything about all this stuff and didn't like it and one day she was sitting there telling me a story about um when they were building my uncle's house because my grandfather's carpenter and built all their houses and i looked and i was like you don't have to tell me this story i remember you had to shut down for the winter because construction was delayed and that's where the porta potty sat and that's where this and then and she said you don't remember that you weren't born yet i made her go get the receipts i'm like i remember exactly i can tell you the story and even she was freaked out she's like okay um maybe you are weird <laughs> yeah i i have this understanding that like the soul um will take you back to the place that you need to be regardless right um so for instance i moved away from home uh, and not saying that that the that the journey back home for everybody is is their destination right because we're not all put on the on this earth 
in the exact place we need to be. Um, but for years, you know, I spent away in my life was chaos and havoc. And the moment that I put myself back here, everything, all, all of that chaos, all of the madness, everything disappeared, right? And it doesn't come without problems, but the problems that I once had aren't the problems that I have now. And the problems that I have now aren't even like problems. They're like, oh, could be worse, <laughs> you know? That's fascinating that you found where your puzzle piece fits. I I feel like at this point, I'm never finding where my puzzle piece fits. I have to make the puzzle around me. But yeah. that's, that's okay, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and you know, go, going into that... Um, the dimensional layers that you that that you alluded to, um, what can you can you speak on that? And what what is what are some of those things that you uh, you were talking about? Okay, well, most people probably realize by this point that the three dimensional world we're seeing is a um, is a very limited representation of everything that's going on around us. Um, most people have studied that physics by this point. Um, the uh, and going on in those other realms, I can't fully comprehend it or visualize it any more than anyone with a three-dimensional mind can, maybe some people, but um, but there are other, other realms that people, the, the visual visualization that people have created over the years through things like astral projection are fairly accurate, it seems, you know, it's the lower one that seems to, um, where a lot of the troublesome dead and the negative forces seem to hang out and then there are some higher levels and then there are some levels that just kind of subtly overlap and interact with this and that's where you find all your little um sprites and ufos and bigfoots and and uh and little people and all that fun stuff um and i think that there it's some of those have facility in um in in choosing where to go they're they're pretty good at steering where they want to go and maybe can travel between the levels they seem much more competent at it than we are and we run into them on the other side and I, everyone knows their reaction they look at you and they go what are you doing here yeah i i i'm starting to believe that there's that there's more than than quote unquote what meets the eye when it comes to to life and reality right um because there's there's too many there, it feels like at times we're living in in a, a rip in the fabric of reality Right. You see you see birds that that will stop and they're just there. They're not flapping their wings. They're just there. Or you'll see uh, a random, you know, and it's weird because it tends to happen in the sky. You know, uh, a, a plane that just flies over and it stops and it's not moving at all. And it's like, OK, are we living in the Matrix? Like, are we living in this weird uh, time space continuum? What is happening I don't even like to take airline flights. Flights. It's not very high up there, but there's something to this. Um, I mean, yeah, there's something to that, and I, I think that, for instance, traveling to the moon, there's plasma physics involved there. There's fourth dimensional physics. You're not getting there with simple rockets in two dimensions. No, no. And on top of that, you're floating in space. Like, <laughs> let's be real. You're floating in space where there's no gravity, and nothing is pushing you. Yeah, that's um, that's far more than I think I can wrap my mind around, and I'd say more than they can wrap their minds around. And we know that, or I'm certain that they have other sources of intelligence that direct them in how to do these things. For evidence to that, you can just look at the massive jumps in technological advancement we've had at certain times in history, and then complete doldrums for thirty to fifty years afterwards. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I I'm looking at some of these like science fiction movies uh, that that have come out uh, very recently and within the past uh, 10, 15, 20 years. And, and I start to think like that could be an actual reality that we face. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's a, it's a fandom, but that's an actual reality we could face. There's one, uh, there's one that's called Pacific Rim, and it's about these these monsters, kaiju, whatever you want to call them, Godzilla-like creatures coming up out of the ocean and destroying everything, absolutely everything. And they build these monsters, or they they build these these pretty much huge titan-like machines to fight off, you know, the monsters coming out of the ocean. I don't think that's too far-fetched because we haven't explored like ninety-five percent of the ocean. Either way, that's a powerful allegory for our existence. They, any little, any monster comes out of the shadows and they tell us the solution is build it. Let us build a different, bigger monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's build a bigger monster that man can control because man is fallible. Oh, yeah. Because they won't turn on us. They won't hurt us at all. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So have you heard of the, the theory of the hollow earth? Yes. Do you believe in that? Like I said, I think it, those discussions don't really lead anywhere very much. I, I think that, yes, that is a good description of things. It's a lot more useful than a magma core for us lay people. Um, but um, I think that the reason that that in, leads to endless debate is just because our three-dimensional physics doesn't work out. We, in, we're not a ball. We're just seeing it that way because we see things in three dimensions. Yeah. You wouldn't believe how many people have never heard of hollow earth theory. I mean, it's hardly even a theory at this point. There's, if you look for the evidence, it's out there. There's plenty of it. Oh yeah, um, I was I was talking to my girlfriend about it because she'd never heard about it, and I said, "Yeah, there's openings all around the world where people have gone down, and they've only explored six miles into it. Six miles of subterranean surface." Yeah. Tell me that there is not people living down there, and I will give you the rest of my paychecks for the rest of my life. Yeah, it would be unusual if there weren't. There's people living in Alaska, and it's less habitable, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, so being in Indiana, um, you know, in that little corner of of Indiana that you live in, um, have you 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 said small people at the at the beginning, and I, I I'm confused. What does that mean? Yeah, I hesitated. I wasn't sure I was going to mention that, but um, so when I moved out to this property, I kind of felt there was something back there, and there's kind of a clear delineation between when my yard ends and the wood begins, and um, then after a while, I started to, just, I noticed little things. The one that really convinced me was I took this um, cutting off an apple tree, and I put root hormone on it, and I went and I stuck it in the ground and watered it, and you know, I'm like, okay, so, and then I just totally forgot about it, and went on and did other things. So a month or two later, I decided I'm going to go back there and check on my cutting on the apple tree. And this is through 15 foot of poison oak way off a trail. Nobody saw me plant it. And um, I go back there and the thing has been trimmed. They, it, somebody's cut off the apical marrow stem so that the roots would form better. Um, and I see it, like I'll go cut a trail and um, then I'll come back three days later and the first half of the trail will be perfect. And then there'll be a solid line of woods grown there. Like I like it, it just completely dead ends. He's just going, nope, not this way. Wow. And, uh, 
and we've developed a pretty good relationship and I give him little gifts and he takes good care of the plants and uh, yeah, we had a couple of rocky moments. I didn't, you know, we had to learn to live together, but um, we're getting along just fine now. And he's, and I don't know if it's him or a family and I see their little burrows and they seem to live underground. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just try to find my own business and leave them alone because they seem to make the plants grow like crazy. Right, right. They, they tend to help. Do you think that it's a spirit or an actual being? I suspect this is one of the ones that has the facility to shift very easily between players. So I suspect if he wants to have a physical being, he does. Ah, and if he wants to maintain his anonymity, he can. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've had a few conversations. He's uh, he, he, can, he can take physical form or he can just kind of just shift off. Up. And there yeah. seems to be another one down there at the river. I realize there's a little bit of a hierarchy. He seems to have a boss, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, so this ties along the lines um, of, of something that I believe is that there's more ancient things in this world than we're able to comprehend, which goes back to the conversation of reality. You know, yeah, yeah. Th there's so much more that that that's in this earth that we don't comprehend uh, ancient beings or uh, ancient entities or that we just go ahead. Even just our physical history, our our physical history isn't what we told it, it are told it is. This house is 125 years old, and I found evidence of two older structures back there. And there's parts of this foundation that are older than this house. Wow. There's there's no written history about what that is. And you go in, and I think most people know this. You go in the city, and there's a whole other um, floor built below the ground in almost every building. So, oh yeah. Again, the history is not what we're told it is. No, no, uh, I, I, I definitely think that, that there is much more, like I said before in this, in this episode, there's much more to meets the eye, uh, in our reality than what we can actually comprehend. And I don't think that human beings are actually really able to comprehend that yet because we're barely able to comprehend UFOs. I agree. But I think that we're going to find our limits in the dimensional there as well. We're trying to use our three-dimensional hardwiring structural brain. And when we come to the realization that that is not even where the most, even just on a scientific level, that is not where most of our thinking comes from. Half of your emotions are coming from your organs, your liver, your stomach. Are you hungry? Are you mad? Are you tired? Are you? And we're, we're sitting here working up here. And so we haven't even incorporated the rest of the body, much less the spirit and soul. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I know it's not too prevalent um, out in Indiana, but have you seen any UFOs out your way? I have. I saw my first UFO here in Indiana. Um, wow. So, if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of relate that story I told you when I, from when I was a kid. Go for it. Um, so in my family, every time a child is born, there is some kind of supernatural event. Sometimes it's a um, plague of shadow people. Um, and that's really scary the first time it happens. Um, and uh, But sometimes it's a UFO or something like that. And when I was born, it was a UFO. I was a couple of months old sleeping in a crib and um, my dad was driving home from work in a 
with his friend following him and apparently a ufo followed them home to work and came and hovered over the house and you know my mom and there's a bunch of witnesses everyone came out and and then they thought oh the babies and then they ran in and got us so um yeah and uh and so i don't remember that obviously but i kind of wanted to see one my entire life and kept my eyes in the sky i never did see anything until um mid 2020 me and my wife were sitting on the porch in our residence in downtown st Clair. i mean um downtown um fort wayne and there's a and we look off to the um west and there in the sky is an orange orb it looks like a sunset it's 11:30 at night i don't even think anything about it at first we're just getting a conversation i'm like oh sunset nope it shouldn't be sunsetting and uh and it's way above the horizon so um and then just as soon as i consciously think that the thing like shifts like blue and then purple just like a sunset going away and then goes away probably 40 seconds wow um and it was kind of behind a cl- some clouds but i mean it was an obvious orb in the sky of some kind something glowing and um also, I will mention though that that was above a cell phone tower from my perspective, and um, and I think that their radiation from these cell phone towers messes with people's minds. So um, I'm not entirely sure you can trust anything you can see while you're staring at one of those. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's wild. I I seen I seen uh, some in Alaska. Um, some things that are very unexplainable. Um, I think the most prevalent one was I was driving and where I lived, um, there were some woods you had to pass through in order to get to uh, the store or gas station. So I'm driving and I'm some reason, something caught my attention in the sky and I looked up and there was three lights in a triangle and like sitting there and completely still. Now I lived on an air force base. So it's not a nat- it's not completely unnatural for aircraft to be in the sky, but not in a triangle formation with a color for, and, and mind you, like I worked closely with aircraft while I was in the army, right? Like I, I, I can differentiate what, what each aircraft, the pattern of their lights. And that wasn't anything that I'd seen before in my life. And it was just stand, like sitting there in the sky like this, like almost tilted, and it shifted like this and gone. I've never seen anything move that fast in my life. And I absolutely was like, what did I just see? And I called my dad because my dad believes in and just about everything. And I was like, dad, you, this is what I just seen. And he was like, I don't doubt that you've seen it. And it was just, it was, it was crazy. And then there was like weather events to follow that, that never happened in Alaska, happening in Alaska, right? Obviously Alaska's, I mean, if you haven't lived in there, Alaska's really prominent for its earthquakes and mountains and snow, but we're getting thunderstorms and lightning storms. That doesn't happen in Alaska, Hmm. period. So like in, in a weird way, that kind of shifted the, uh, the the weather in alaska and, and i don't know if if ufos have that ability or that power but it messed with something in the atmosphere i mean i don't it's hard to tell anything up there because the atmosphere itself is already so electrically active yeah. um and uh then of course they've got their harp array so who knows what all that's about too i don't know what's your what's your thoughts on that 
On what? On the Harper Ray. Um, I haven't heard too much about it. Uh, can you enlighten me on it? Oh, I don't. I mean, I would assume that any military man would probably know more than I would. Um, I, high altitude, um, amplitude. Anyway, they've got a, a, an array of electromagnetic antennas in Alaska that some people believe they use for weather modification and stuff like that. I do not know, but um, it's fascinating. I do believe that our governments, our terrestrial governments here are have experimented with um, technology to beam signals through the ionosphere, maybe for um, weather manipulation, maybe for individual manipulation, maybe for weapons technology. The fact that they claim that we don't have these things is ridiculous when I can sit here and figure it out at home and I know they're smarter than I am. <laughs> right. So uh, with, with, with the antenna bit, um, I, I can say that I have passed what we call the antenna farm where it's just a ton. And I mean a ton more antennas that I've ever seen in my life, just hanging around. There's fences around them. It's guarded by a compost or by, by a building that you have to have a secured, you know, uh, classification to get into a, a high, much higher level classification than I had. Um, so yeah, that was definitely odd. <laughs> I'll say that now that you point that out, it, it was normal for me because I lived there and I was like, Oh, there's the antenna farm. But now that you pointed out, it's actually kind of odd. Yeah. I I do know. And, and I did watch a report where there was a guy, I can't remember his name. I wish I remembered his name, but there's a, a scientist or he, he had some level of exposure, and I guess he went to the, to uh, South uh, Antarctica, and he was in charge of of um, observing and maintaining certain uh, degrees of equipment in South or the the South Antarctica. But I mean, like, why are we there? One, <laughs> two, two. Uh, he came out and said that there's that the government has penetrated like deep down into the ice caps and that there are signals that are reverberated through the earth that cause earthquakes. But then there's also uh, light beams that shoot out from there that are meant as lack of better term, like a rail gun, right? Like it shoots a laser out that's meant to destroy whatever's in its path. And so that makes me question, like, if that's there, like, what's on the other side? What's in the north? I mean, we haven't really been able to hear anything from Antarctica to the north. But, like, if it's happening in the south, what's going on in the north? Yeah. Um, all I know for sure about that is uh, that we're not being told the truth. And, well, that's just pretty much par for the course when it comes to the government. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, so going back to the to to the small people and some of the things in the woods, um, is there any other weird instances that you had um, in, in the woods on your property or down by the river? Um, yeah, other than them changing the trails and stuff like that, I have not had. Um, Well, I mentioned that we um, that they have a tendency to be involved in the births and deaths in my family. Well, I had one a 
each. Um, my daughter, she was born premature and didn't make it. And I noticed that um, right before and right after that time was a serious lull in activity. What a, whether that mean, whatever that means, I don't know, but it, it decided to leave me alone and get let me get some peace. And we do notice occasional things inside the house. There will be an occasional shadow thing or every now and then my wife won't hear something fall in the other room where she knows that nothing is. But it's a 125-year-old house. You'd, it'd be weird if there wasn't things here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I, I believe that that um, properties or um, houses or even like objects, you know, hold some form of an energy. Because um, energy just can't be displaced and then go nowhere. Right? Exactly. It's got to go somewhere. We have uh, the ability. We leave emotional imprints where we go, just like we leave physical imprints. And... And I think that gets kind of down to the heart of the matter. There's something very special about us that they, that the negative forces of the world and the positive forces of the universe are very, very interested in. Absolutely. We need, we need to be careful how we use it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I don't think it's too far fetched to say that, uh, you know, the negative energy that we put into things that is destroying the earth. Yeah, we're doing our best and a lot of us are doing our best and a lot of those people that are doing their best have other people they control so in effect they're trying to make all of us do it absolutely absolutely so um you your 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 property harbor heartland what 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 exactly is it uh, is it like a destination it is the antidote to what we just talked about it, it, and it all it takes is little seeds here and there we 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 grow our own stuff. We do our own thing. We, it's, it's the mindset. It's the, we don't ask for permission. We don't wait for somebody to come take care of us. If somebody has a problem with what we're doing, then we will politely deal with that the best way we can. And, and certainly we don't mean to offend anybody or step on anybody's toes. That's what, the opposite of what we're about. We're about being independent and being secure in our independence, not needing anybody um i mean our neighbors are a bunch of they're a bunch of really tough hard people but we don't rely on them and they don't really rely on us we're there if we need each other um give each other gifts and stuff but anyway so we formed a little co-op of about four of our friends right now are working on it pretty full time and there's a couple extra that help out a little here and there and we are um at this point, we've prepared a couple of campsites on the property for people to come visit. And we've got our fruits coming in. We're getting our um, chickens in the spring, and then we're planning on goats in the next spring. And then we'll start bringing out field trips so the little kids can enjoy it. And we're donating our pumpkins to the schools and stuff like that. And uh, and we're taking our, because we don't have enough to really stay open full time and get people to try and come out here to us. We're taking our wares out to these little festivals and stuff on weekends and selling them. Just to, nice. just to get started. Nice. To me, it sounds like you're doing, you have the mindset of, of the way the world used to be. Yes. Where and you, it doesn't you... seem that long ago to me because my parents were throwbacks and their parents were throwbacks. So I've only really been living in civilization for about 10 years now. It's not that hard to give up. Yeah. I I think that the way that you guys operate is, 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 is amazing because, um, 
we've as a society we've strayed away from helping our neighbors and giving back to our community and being being a positive outlet for other people and we've we we've gone from this this society where we used to look outward and help other people out to what can i get and how selfish can i be and then you'll we'll take care of you i think what you guys are doing is amazing thank you yeah it's it's very important and uh i try to live my life the way that you do, you know, not so much as what can I get for myself, but what can I do for other people? Uh, because um, one, it's 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 fulfilling, right? You feel a sense of of fulfillment and joy and, and happiness, but also on the back end, uh, you're 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 feeding into a community and you're giving the community what you have. So in turn, um, that community starts pumping back into you. It's a give and take relationship. Yeah. And if you, if you dance with the devil, if you're willing to be selfish, then don't be surprised when he wants to control your life. If I know, and most of these people are conservative church going normal people that aren't at all interested in the supernatural. But the fact is that if the federal government just said, well, I give up on this town, we're not helping anymore. We wouldn't even notice we're fine. (laughs) Good, good riddance. We're tired of paying taxes. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I, I mean, you guys are self self funding, self fulfilling, and self sufficient, and that's that's important. If, if everybody I'll, did that, we could just laugh at the politicians. We don't we don't have to worry about what they're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. So, brother, um, before we go, what advice would you give to somebody that um, that is in the position that you're in, and um, they they have some things that they've encountered that they don't understand? Uh, yes, that is a great question. Um, regardless of your beliefs, um, I, I think we're probably all familiar with the great heretics, Aleister Crowley and Israel Regardi, you know, the, it, it, or maybe you think that they're, they're hokey and there's some even worse people out there. That's fine. Um, but even people like that, they said when they were having trouble with uh, negative forces, there were two things that worked. Some really rare, hard to find and hard to learn ancient Sumerian um, banishment practices and the Lord's Prayer. And if the Lord's Prayer works for heretics like that, Christianity might be something worth taking a look at. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh, and where, where can we find you at? Obviously um, not physically. Like I'm, I don't want to send people to hunt you down, right? But like, where can we find you out on social media? Uh, well, we'd be very welcome to have people. Eventually, we're out in uh, Huntington, Indiana, um, and uh, you can find us on Adventure Weekends or Heartland Harbor on Facebook. Um, we'll have our real website set up soon. Um, my wife has a little website called Sweet Jam Art at Store Envy, but Facebook's probably the best place to find us for now. Sounds good. Sounds good. Jesse, I want to thank you for sharing your experience with me and with us. Uh, I do appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for everything that you do for your community. It's important. Uh, if I haven't stressed it enough, it's important to uh, to feed into your community and and in turn, you know, um, show selflessness. And that's what you do. And, and I'm, I'm grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. This was a great show. I hope you have a lot of success with it. Thank you. And everybody, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for listening to Jesse. Jesse's an awesome dude. If you want to go and check him out and check out what he's doing, his projects, go ahead and check it out. His links will be in the description. I love every single one of you guys. Be good. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. 
Much love.